The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 18 Chapter 18 When I swung the Impala into my driveway, the Harley was leaning up against the house by the back cellar door, but there was no sign of Vini. I was relieved to see that she had made it home. Crazy old coot. One of these days, she is going to get herself into some serious trouble. I already had the bail money set aside. Sassy was sitting in the porch swing. A white-haired gentleman with a little goatee sat next to her. Gratefully, they were both dressed. With Sassy, a tire could be an uncertain item. After being born and raised in Knobby Waters, she'd run away and lived most of her adult life with swingers out in California. Sassy and her man friend were swinging back and forth, surrounded by pots of red geraniums and purple petunias. She waved as I loped up the sidewalk. What is Vini doing riding Junior's bike? Thought she lost her license. She did. I limped up onto the porch, my bad knee a little achy. The limestone steps were steep and wide, and my right knee was bothering me from scrambling around in the gremlin. I grabbed the rusted iron railing and heaved myself up onto the concrete porch. She did lose her license, but she was in a hurry today, and I wasn't driving fast enough, I reckon. The man on the porch swing stood up and introduced himself. Melvin Beale, he said. Pleased to meet you. He extended a well-manicured hand. Likewise, I said. Ruby Jane Wascom, but most folks just call me RJ, so feel free. I'm from around Louisville. Met this precious little flower of a lady down on the bell. He rolled his shoulder toward Sassy, who beamed like a hunter who'd just dragged home a prize to catch. And I had to admit, Melvin did look pretty darn good compared to most of the prey Sassy hogtied and brought home. He was rail thin wearing fussy gray dress slacks and a white turtleneck that went well with his tidy goatee. His thin white hair was plastered in place and he was wearing thick-rimmed glasses. His feet were clad in floor-shine tasseled loafers that were spit-polished. He was wearing an expensive gold link watch and smelled like English leather. He had perfect teeth, that didn't chatter on their own or lisp. Dental implants, I reckoned. He smelled like a southern gentleman. He said he'd been reading about the ghost case and was fascinated. Just fascinated. Being a P.I. does keep me and Vini busy, I said. And 
ghost busting, he said. My, oh my, we got a lot of ghosts down south. Never seen one myself, though. Once, when I was a freshman at Ole Miss, after a little too much moonshine, I did see some strange things. But I think that was the liquor. (laughs) He chuckled a little. I sat down in the rocking chair closest to Melvin. Melvin returned to his seat next to Sassy on the porch swing. Sassy swung an arm around him. Melvin here is officially retired, but he still drives around and does a bit of business. Sells liquor to the high-class joints. I sure do, said Melvin. Play the ponies a bit, too. You ladies ever go to the track, Churchill Downs? Sassy took hold of that suggestion. I'd love to go to the track with you. Well, okay, sweet pea, he said. Course I'll be taking you. He patted her hand. Sassy smooched his cheek. Oh, boy. I hope the neighbors weren't watching. Mrs. Thelma Nearman, across the way, was 91 years old, head of the Baptist Ladies' Auxiliary, and pretty strict about keeping my porch G-rated. She was always on me about making Junior wear pants when he came out on the porch to retrieve the mail. She knew better than to get after Vini, who always spat back. I reckon she thought if she cawed at me enough, I'd whip Vini into shape. Melvin wanted to know about the ghosts. I told him about the seance. He seemed intrigued, but a hair dubious. You really of the mind that place is haunted? The show I saw was pretty convincing. I was still having nightmares about that floating ghost on the wall. And Dode was sure enough sold on the idea. So much so, he'd already given permission for us to book candy for a second seance. Melvin stroked his goatee. But surely you know people like this, uh, this, uh... Candy Huggins, I suggested. Yes, People like her, they make their living duping people using little more than old carnival tricks. Sure, I know that, but what is it Dode's been seeing in the apple orchard? You ever see what uh, he saw? Gosh, no. Vini and I poked around that orchard before Candy ever got involved. But all we saw was spiders and gopher holes. You searched the whole house? Nah, never got a chance. You think we should? I certainly would. My mind chewed on that idea for a spell. Sheriff has it roped off. I thought of Boots's warning that Vini and I weren't supposed to go near the place now that it was a crime scene. Of course, we'd already ignored that choice bit of advice. As if on cue... Boots pulled up in his cruiser. He slid out and mashed his sheriff's hat on before strolling up the walk. Evening all, he said to me and Sassy and Melvin. He doffed his hat when he met Melvin. New around these parts, aren't you? From Louisville. I trade up this way. 
sell liquor from time to time over at the French Lick Resorts. Sassy spoke up. He's my beau. Darn tootin' I am, sweet pea, Melvin said, giving her another cheek peck. Well, glad to have you, said Boots. He slid his hat back on and eyed me. I got that information you asked about, Ruby Jane. His eyes slid around the porch like maybe he wanted to talk in private. I was just fixing to make us some iced tea. Come on in. We can talk about it while I get some kitchen work done. Sassy fluttered her fingers by to us. Melvin said, Nice meeting you both. Hope to be a frequent visitor up this way. Once inside the kitchen, Boots slid out a chair and sat down. Word around town is that you and Lavinia went ghost hunting out at that mansion again. Oh, boy. You want sugar or honey in your tea? I asked Boots. Ruby Jane? Yes? Don't mess with me. I'm putting sugar in yours. Lemon, too. Ruby Jane. He sounded gruff now. Oh, for heaven's sake. Course we went out there. Dode is our client. He hired us. You sent him to us. We took him off your hands. You ought to be grateful. So quit your belly aching and drink your tea. I smacked the glass down in front of him. He ignored the tea. It's my job to uphold the law. Oh, fiddlesticks. You ignore the law all the time. I've seen you fishing out a season. Hunting, too. He reddened. This isn't me. The order to seal the crime scene came from the boys upstate. Might even involve the feds. I sat down. The feds? Why do they care about ghosts in some old fallen-down house in the gosh-darn middle of nowhere? Don't know. Not my job to ask questions of the muckety-mucks. Not yours, either. We talking FBI? Might be. You're joshing, right? He shrugged and sipped his tea. I'm telling you that for once in your life, you ought to try listening to the voice of authority for just one itty-bitty second. And that voice just happens to be yours? After a couple of sips of tea, he spoke. I got the name registered on that license plate you texted me. Who is it? Registered to a Tab Sligo over in Washington County, Salem. He got a record? Not an arrest record, but he did report that car stolen a couple of weeks ago. Boots checked the notepad on his cell phone. It's a gremlin, right? I nodded. Boy, those were butt-ugly cars, he said with a shake of his head. First time I saw one of those cars, I knew America was headed straight into the crapper. Car-wise, I had to agree. Where'd you see this here stolen gremlin? In town? I figured it couldn't hurt to come clean. Saw it parked in a campsite down under the covered bridge. I gave Boots the quick and dirty on Pooter Johnson and the stolen Harley and the stolen bags of mystery meat we'd found in the campsite cooler. Whoever is driving that gremlin is bad news. Camping overnight is illegal, 
that's a state landmark. Well, maybe you ought to investigate that instead of badgering us old ladies. He stood up and mashed his hat onto his head. You're only old on the outside, Ruby Jane. Inside, you're nine. Haven't changed a spit since grade school. He hesitated. What would I be looking for if I were to arrest the driver of that gremlin? Isn't it enough that he stole that car? Guess so. You sure snot knows Pooter Johnson isn't the mastermind behind all this? Pooter Johnson isn't the mastermind of anything. If snot were dynamite, that boy couldn't blow his own brains out. That got a chuckle out of Boots. He headed toward the screen door, but turned when his hand hit the door. No more seances. You hear? I hear. Once Boots was out the door, I glanced at my cell, which had been vibrating to beat the band. Vini had texted me that she was working on getting the second seance set up. I wanted to yell after Boots that I'd heard what he said, and that I intended to ignore him. I decided, what the hay? A town this small he'd know what I was up to before I did. Heck, the Hoosier squealer had probably already posted the whole thing online, and it hadn't even happened yet. 